Hello, hello, and welcome to episode five of the relay here on June second, June third, June third, um, and it is the day after Game Two of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors, um, and the series is now tied one one. I know we said we would do like an episode <laughs> after every single game, but we got busy. That kind of didn't pan out, I guess. But um, I think from now on we should be able to do one after yeah. every game. So, schedules were just too crazy, I guess. Yeah, just summer crazy. gets wild. Uh, well, we got lots of stuff to talk about, um, so I say we just get right into it. We can talk a bit about game one first, and then we can get into uh, the second of the trilogy. Yeah, I mean there Not, could yeah there could be way <laughs> yeah, more multiple than three but... games. Um. Anyways, game one, the Raptors. It was a convincing win for sure. Um, one eighteen one oh nine. Um. There was, there was honestly a chance that I thought if they were gonna win, it would kind of look like a fluke. Um, well, like, what do you mean? Because their players are injured? Yeah, no, I mean like, it, if the Raptors won, then it would be like, um, the Warriors had a bunch of chances to yeah, take like... over, but they didn't. And um, I don't think that was the case at all. I thought the Raptors played great defense, especially and um, Pascal Siakam. 32 points on 14 to 17 shooting. Um, that was a breakout game for him for sure. Yeah, and Marcus all with 20 points. It's, if we're going to beat the Warriors, we need performances like that. Yeah. And we need Fred VanVleet to play the way he's continuing to play. He got 15 points in the first game. We had Marcus all at 20, Pascal at 32, and Kawhi, which was a quiet night for him, at 23. So big performances like that are what's driving us. And Danny Green coming back and getting 11 points. Yeah, um, definitely we are going to need performances like that from everyone. I, I thought the Fred Van Vliet thing would kind of be over in the finals. I thought that the only two games was just like, all right, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't seem to be stopping at all. He he makes like big shots too. It's not like it's just he contributes um, like a small amount on the offense. He makes a massive deal for us um, for sure. Yeah, and it was also key keeping – Draymond Green quiet. Although he had a triple double, he kept him to ten points. And I think in the second game where we lost, we gave him seventeen. So we gave him a little more of, a little more room. But Clay Thompson and Curry, they just make the stupidest shots I've ever seen in my yeah. life. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's... That's like kind of skipping to the second game a little bit. It's like you'd think like you'd be at least breaking down the lead, or we'd be like opening the lead more for us. And then they just like have three guys on them, and they just fade away from the three point line. It'll go in every time. Yeah, They're just ridiculous. But uh, just going back to Siakam, actually, it, I saw some tweet today. It was like, when you look at every single pl- it's like, if you want to get mad, look at every single player that was drafted before Pascal Siakam. Like, yeah, he was drafted like 27th or something stupid. 27th, and um, pretty much the only highlights before him. Uh, I mean, Ben Simmons, ben Simmons drafted first overall. Um, Jamal Murray at 7, Jalen Brown at 3, and Brandon Ingram at Second overall. Those are pretty much the only... Was Bender in that one? Yeah, Dragon Bender. Yeah, he's um, poo. Yeah. He was fourth overall. But, 
you know, we and to think about it as well, we drafted Pirtle ninth overall yeah, well, in the, that draft. The thing with Siakam or with Pirtle is you kind of knew what Pirtle's skills were. He wasn't going to shoot the ball. He was going to be your classic big man. But with Pascal Siakam, his his uh, skills were so raw that he had a lot of potential coming into it to kind of morph into his identity. And so far, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, like he's, I mean. The second game, he kind of died off a little bit, and we're going to definitely need to see something more of him in Game 3. Um, but a, a great performance for him, for sure, and what sh- was obviously probably nerve-wracking for yeah, the first I, ever I NBA from Finals. Almost everybody even playing that have played before, there's always a bit of tension. The whole world's eyes are on you, or at least North America's. Yeah, and DeMarcus Cousins uh, didn't really play a big role in Game 1, I thought. Yeah, a little more in Game 2. I think he finished with something like 11 points. I thought he had huge minutes for them he in was, Game 2. He was knocking down the three-pointer for them good. Um, we can pretty much start talking about Game 2, I guess. I mean, yeah. There's not much more to say about Game 1. It was just... The atmosphere was crazy throughout the city as well. Um, uh, yeah, well, didn't we talk about it? How the oh the city went the city went crazy again, pretty much for I think they're gonna go pretty much crazy <laughs> yeah. for any game we win in the finals. But it was kind of like Game Six again, where the city was just going wild. Every everybody downtown. I'm gonna need to go downtown for. Um, when I want to go a, for like a like a game that's like super meaningful. Like I mean, like one where we can win the finals or something, or if, if that thing yeah. is up, or if we'll lose like or something. You, you something want to go we, in the game five, six kind of range. when we know when the city's gonna go crazy. I want to be there. I don't want to go to like Jurassic Park because that'll just be so long to wait up. Well, you, you can't. I know. You have to like. You have to line book up so off early. Your whole day. Yeah, and I work, so I can't do that. But definitely going to like I don't know, like a bar somewhere yeah. down there and just being able to pretty much celebrate after or yeah I feel like if we lose anyways there'll be something going on there'll probably be like either flipping com- cars complaints about calls for <laughs> some reason um, and people just go insane but um, for sure it'll be a great atmosphere regardless because I think this season pretty much like th- even through these like first two games it's like I think it's probably the best case scenario we could have had like i don't getting think... this far yeah yeah no i mean like even through like we could have gone up to nothing against the warriors but you're not going to sweep them nobody mm-hmm. thought they were going to mm-hmm. sweep them you were going to lose at some point um we did have uh, we did have that lead going into the halftime pretty well though we were up for a good we amount up, okay but listen to this the like, third quarter killed us but the raptors were like they were leading by 10 with a minute left in the second quarter and then curry hit a three Made a steal, scored a layup, and then made a pair of free throws. Yeah, just before the half to cut it down to a five. And our lead. turnovers just killed us in the third quarter. I think they said something like at one point we had thirteen turnovers and seven of them were in the third quarter. That eighteen and zero run by oh, the Warriors was just brutal, unbelievable. Um, but even in game two, the Raptors they didn't shoot well at all. They shot thirty seven percent overall and were eleven of thirty eight from the three point range. And it seems like they were just taking three point shots that they we normally wouldn't it. take. Well, um that's what Leo Rowans was saying at halftime was that for once, like, we're actually playing down to the Warriors' effort. We were, could have actually done better because they were missing their shots in the first half as well. Yeah. But we were playing down to them. So it's just using our opportunities. We were just chucking three pointers. And it's it's also just Golden State Warriors have really good defense. Yeah. It's like we have a tough time going into the paint, even though for us they have a lot a lot more opportunities driving. I don't know. Steph Curry's just a little like slithering snake in yeah, there. Yeah, he's constantly moving on the floor. And it was funny. In game one, I remember 
we opened up with a bunch of three-pointers, like, just back-to-back, and um, I was thinking to myself, yeah, this is fun now, but in the long run, you're not going to be Golden State in a three-point yeah, matchup there. Uh, and it was crazy. I thought a lot of the buckets in Game 2 by the Warriors were not, like, forced, and they, they really went down into the shot clock and uh, worked us down low pretty well. Like, DeMarcus Cousins, like we said, gave him great minutes coming in. Um, he started, but he later on off the bench he was playing great and i feel like there was just like a lot of momentum killers like we get up a bit and then there'd be like a steal and we get like a we'd foul them or something and they'd come back at a layup just dampen our mood for sure like the, they are the momentum killers of any team in the league for sure like um they can knock your spirits down pretty much instantly it would have been so nice to get that win at home too because now we have to go to two two games and in Oakland, and we have to take in, one. In front of, yeah, in front of that crowd. If we go down three to one, I mean, yeah, good, good bet, good night to the Raptors. Yeah, um, and it seems like they took the game for granted um, after how well they played in the first two quarters. Like it seemed, the third quarter there was just not as much effort as. There yeah, to it's be. like we were playing against like Orlando Magic or mm-hmm. something, which is weird. It's just like usually our defense are just our, pretty much our defense gave up in that last part because even. But I think also that has to do with the amount of fouls we had. Like we had a lot of. Well, yeah, fouls Lowry early. fouled out. He was saying that he needs to fix that, which is like obvious. Um, yeah, so like the early foul trouble obviously it seemed to cause the Raptors to stop playing as aggressively. And we actually had it all the way till that end. That last shot, Iguodala, we just left him wide open. Yeah. Nobody, even when we saw he had it, nobody ran out to him or anything. They just let him take it and he hit it. But if he didn't hit that, it would have been a three point game and we'd had like four or five seconds to at least try to get a yeah. shot off or something. Well, and then even a couple seconds before that, the steal that Kawhi had, and then it was Livingston yeah. that took it back and fed it to him. It was just. Unfortunate series of events there. The um, whole last like ten minutes of the game, we're just like, I don't like the way this is going. Yeah, a little bit of a bright spot hey, at the end, but the, the good news is the Raptors did they did find a way to battle back, and uh, that's definitely a positive because most teams cannot battle back against the Warriors. It's a top three shooter in the league, and the other top two shooters are there too. So that's just one other guy that's gonna hit those stupid shots late, and he can pretty much just do it all for their team and he played really good against us during the regular season too i think he averaged like 40 points or something crazy. yeah and like the three matchups we had or whatever it was two matchups yeah. i think um so for sure he's gonna make a huge difference for them but let's not forget we still won with him in the lineup yeah we did um i think we had leonard for that game it was just one of them we didn't have leonard but regardless i think durant was actually in the lineup both games probably yeah and, and then curry win. wasn't in the other one but either yeah. way He's a scary man. He's a scary man. And um, the fact that Kawhi still finished with 34 points and 14 rebounds. It was quiet, too. I I, I didn't think he was doing that good. I, it was definitely a lot of free throws, I think. Probably. Um, I, I don't have the numbers here, but I noticed he was getting a lot of foul calls. In he got a good favorite. amount of and ones as well. Some pretty yeah. nice ones. They were showing the highlights. Um, but he does it quiet anyways because you don't see him screaming or anything. It's yeah. not really loud. But like we said... Um, about how great Siakam played in Game 1. It was not the same performance in Game 2. He finished with 12 points on 5 of 18 shooting. Um, and Rough. then Yeah, and then you look at Lowry as well. He fouled out with 4 minutes left on what was a stupid play that he made. It was a, a bad reach-in call on DeMarcus yeah. Cousins. Um, and he shot 4 of 11, which was just... <laughs> 
Kyle Lowry at his worst. Um, yeah, and again, like Marcus All, he's just back to six points. We need him consistently at least putting up like fourteen. Because if he has past fourteen, I'm like, thank God. Yeah. Like, but and but Van Vliet doing it again, seventeen points, thirty eight minutes, playing the third most behind Pascal and Leonard. Siakam actually played the most, but only had the twelve points. Mm-hmm. Um. But like I said, there is like a bright side to look at this. I mean, they've been down, they've been in worse situations the past couple series. Like obviously, well, going, down to nothing from the Bucks, and then they were down to one from Philly. Um, yeah, down one zero from Orlando. Yeah, um, but this is not any of those teams. No, right? it's so a, it's a new to... animal, especially if they have. Durant back, and I think I guess Cousins will probably get just better as the games go. The first one, you only played a little bit and got three points, and now he's got 11 on, I think, 28 minutes. So we'll see what he can do next game. Yeah, and Quinn Cook as well. I, like He, he had some, some stupid cr- shots. He had some crazy late, too. shots. And so annoying. So keyed building their lead there in that third quarter. And I was wondering that, too, because I'm playing 2K, and I'm playing against Quinn Cook, and this guy's hitting some nasty shots. And I'm like, who is this like guy really? like? I don't... Like, where was he drafted? Was he undrafted? I, I think he was drafted. I think they drafted him. Okay. Um, but they always make people work. Like, um, McKinney, who we used to have, who's now in the Warriors, he gets he never played for us, and now he's getting big minutes in the finals for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They play everybody. And um, Van Vliet, I think, as well, did a good job of guarding Curry. Um, Curry shot 6-17 He's with 23 points. But, I mean, the... I would say that's a safe shooting percentage for Kurt. Like, yeah, he wasn't it, like murdering us, right? It's I, um, and honestly, I think that's probably a good defensive performance from Van Vliet there to keeping him and below thirty. Clay Thompson was going off pretty early too. He he was racking up the points. Them he simmered off a little bit, especially since he got injured. And then Igudala didn't he like mess up his leg and then come back he like, was right questionable away. for the series man and, and then he, he he came back i'm like i thought this guy was dead he's making a huge difference for them um no doubt but looking forward to game three on yeah Wednesday it's exciting night. it's gonna be an exciting series i'm glad it's close because if it wasn't close if we're just getting killed then it wouldn't be embarrassing because we made it to the finals and it's past well it wasn't past our expectations it was kind of our expectations but I think the city wouldn't if we if we lost all the rest of the games. I think the city would still be pretty hyped that we even made it this far and got a game off. That's them. what I'm saying. Like it's already the best season the Raptors have ever had, and um, it, pretty much everything from here is bonus basketball for yeah. us, right? And like, there's a rumor that Kawhi Leonard has bought a property in Toronto. Ooh, yeah, this is on exciting. Sporting News. Not sure how credible that is, but it says. Mm-hmm. I th- like, well, I guess they say. Um, Michael Landsberg said Leonard's oh. purchase, so I guess that's kind of Michael Landsberg pretty credible. Pretty... Yeah, and his report was corroborated with his guest David Thorpe of TrueHop.com or tr- sorry TrueHoop.com. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's pretty interesting. Why would he buy a house in Toronto? He did say he was going to go to Carabana. When <laughs> he just buy it. To... He can't just come back and stay with somebody. Yeah, he's buying know. the house just in case it hey, when Carabana you're making, gets wild. When you're making that kind of money, man. Mm. And this this is what Thorpe said as well. Everyone that I've talked to and is connected to his group agree the Raptors have done what they needed to do to sign Leonard. 
That doesn't mean he can't change his mind. Of course he can. But as it stands today, it's hard to imagine that he would go somewhere else. Interesting. Man, it really is because, like, I feel this is the perfect situation for him. Um, I think he wants the spotlight. Um, but at the same time, he doesn't want to be in a market where he's pressured to play insanely well. And I think if you play in somewhere like L.A., which is probably a bigger market than it is in Toronto, um, in terms of basketball. Probably for Lakers. Yeah. I'm not sure about Clippers. Yeah, maybe not the Clippers. But if he were to go to the Lakers um, and play with LeBron, then I, think I think he'd want to be the best player on the team. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be with LeBron. Um, but okay, then if he were to go to the Clippers even, I still think that um, the situation would not be as good as it would be here. Well, no, they're just not nearly as good of a team. Yeah. I think the only the benefit for him would be the weather. That's the only thing I can see, literally, that it's wet, it's like warmer, and he's used to warm weather. So that's the only thing I can think of. And I guess because it's closer to his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Uh, everybody obviously wants him to stay. Oh, let's talk about Drake. Like, what's going on with Drake and... Uh... Everybody's just sore and sad because... He's passionate about. Yeah, I know it's sports. Did you see what Kevin Durant said to him, like after the game or something? I heard. So they were all talking in the dressing room or something, and they were like calling at him or something, right? Well, yeah, they like they were coming off the in the hallway off the off the court, and Kevin went up to him and say, "Hey, Aubrey," or something. He's like, "We'll see you back in Golden State" or something. He was just chirping him. I would be very surprised if Drake shows up at uh, Oakland courtside. Well, yeah, I don't even know if. They would allow him to do that because they wanted him to move his seats in the in Toronto, and it's like no. The, the rap, uh, I'm sorry, Golden State asked that, and the Bucks asked if he could move seats, and the Ra- Raptors yeah. declined both. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's another cool little news: the Ryerson Rams basketball coach is joining the staff of the NBA, like the Kings. The Sa- the Sacramento. Yeah. Kings. Really. Yeah. What's his name? Roy Rana. Roy Rana is leaving his position as head. This is CBC Sports as well. As head coach of the Ryerson Rams men's basketball team to join the Sacramento Kings coaching staff. Mm. Interesting. He will join a coaching staff led by former Los Angeles Lakers coach Luke Walton, who in April took over the for the fired coach before. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk a bit about um, England-born. That's pretty crazy. Because weren't the weren't the Rams basketball team like really good? I think they're okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, maybe then they're just. Oh, he was. Um, I guess he's done a lot with Team Canada because uh, he helped. I guess he coached the team led by R.J. Barrett to gold at the 2017 FIBA Under 19 World Cup. Huh. Interesting. I saw Mr. Barrett, not R.J., his dad, um, at Ryerson one time. What was he doing? Well, I think it's because there was the girls' tournament there. The uh... U sports, yeah, like university, like what do you mean, like like the girls national, like for Canada, it was like the tournament. Oh, I forget really? What it is? Yeah, I forget oh. what it's called. Well, didn't we have no? We had nationals, was but it, it, okay, it was yeah. like university, like Ryerson and stuff. Yeah, Ryerson, like schools yeah. from Montreal and stuff. D- does she play for Ryerson? Do you know who? <laughs> the dot, like, or like, why was he there? He was just watching. Yeah, I think maybe he was like trying to scout out talent for like the women's team. Shorties. Do we have a women's basketball team for Canada? I'm sure. 
I've no, I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard of it. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I'm sure. Mm. Um, another news. Yo, the the Leafs. Did you hear about Zaitsev? Yes, he requested a trade. Yeah, um, and Marlowe as well. Well, Marlowe well, didn't request a trade, but I think he would be in the best interest yeah, if he did. Yeah, and for both of us, I don't think Marlowe didn't really do much this. At least during the season, he did okay, but in the playoffs, he really didn't do anything. And, and we're I paying him he, like six point two five million. And I think he knows that pretty much if he's out of the picture, then we can almost positively lock down Marner. Yes, which would be very nice. And same thing with Zaitsev. Um, so thanks for requesting a trade, <laughs> Zaitsev. I knew it was a bad idea when we signed you. For for seven years um that's so many years like and with so much faith in a guy with such a small sample size in the nhl i mean i guess he was just kind of a um decent defenseman in the uh, toronto doesn't want to decent but we don't need decent yeah but other news sun's willing to trade the number six pick for a veteran guard but like why <laughs> just a veteran guard or like who, what guards are we talking about here number six pick that's pretty who would that be i don't know anybody. well let's see if you go to mock draft it's probably somebody at least pretty decent i mean it if you're talking veteran guard it'll probably be like maybe a decent veteran guard and then another pick or something or maybe cash considerations <laughs> or maybe another player i don't know but I'm looking at some more stuff here about the Raptors. We're just kind of all over the place right now. We're just flying around town. Police probing live TV vulgarity against Aisha Curry after game two. Um, Toronto police are investigating after a man made a vulgar comment on live TV against Aisha Curry, wife of basketball superstar Steph Curry. The incident occurred after Sunday's Raptors lost to the Golden State Warriors. The man was being interviewed on CP24 outside downtown. When he referenced Aisha Curry and shouted the vulgarity. Wow. Curry, who grew up in Markham, Ontario. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's pretty crazy, man. Um, oh, the incident. Oh, okay. I was going to say, this is like, this is kind of like the incident. Wasn't there like a TFC guy who said the, uh, oh, he said like the. Oh, what did he say? <laughs> you don't remember? No, I remember. Oh, it was just something bad? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. And he got fired. It was at a TFC game. He got fired from his job? Yeah. And he was just like a fan? Yeah, and he got interviewed. He was super hammered, and he just got interviewed by CB24. Oh, and he happened, and he said something? Yeah. Like, oh, man, that's bad. Um, and then they That's why you don't drink. Yeah, you're not allowed to drink at sporting events. That's pretty obvious. Nobody does that. Okay. So, speaking of drinking at sporting events, I remember when I was at the Winter Classic in, like, 2014, they they normally don't serve beer. Really? At the stadium. And it was, like, the Michigan State Stadium. And I guess because it's, like, a college arena? Why don't they sell alcohol? I don't know. Like, I, I could be wrong, but they What, were they not... weren't selling it at the Winter Classic? No, they were, but it was, like, temporary beer stands were up. Like, they didn't have them Weird. regularly. Um, and I guess because it's a college stadium, but yeah, maybe maybe they don't sell them. But that's kind of weird to think about, right? Because you think you just need an ID, anyways. I guess it'd be tough when you're walking, like the people that are selling beers in like the aisles and stuff. It'd be tough to like ID somebody. 
Like, what do you mean? Like, they're not confident enough to just... No, but I mean, like, if somebody's, like, in the middle of the aisle, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, usually they just pass down money for him to say, okay, pass your ID, like, all the way down. It's just tougher. Oh, like, you're talking about the people who walk through the yeah. stands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty... <laughs> Rarely do they actually ask for ID then. I've they? never seen it. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, like, maybe when you add, if you actually go up, like, into the into the walk-around area, you, you'd get ID'd. But, yeah, I, I can't see them, like taking that much time and annoying people by passing down an id and everything unless you look like you're 12 i mean people look like they're either 12 or 25 25 and they could be 15 (laughs) uh, (laughs) so you know that's that's how it be sometimes man yeah, I mean, this was just gonna. I think we're just gonna do kind of do like quick wrap ups after every game. Realistically, we're gonna because be pumping gonna, them out like it's. If we're gonna be doing this every single game, um, that we don't want to just drag it out and have like literally nothing to talk about. So we'll just bang down the important parts of the games, give a little yeah. bit of the news, wrap it up, see what we're doing. So game three, Wednesday night. Um, I'm gonna assume it's. 9 p.m. Let's let me check what time it actually uh, is. Uh, it's in Golden State. It might be 10. They're feeling do, a little do, 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 kinky. Game three, 9 p.m. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, technical technical difficulties, but yeah. So tune to that game, and then yeah. after you tune to that game, you'll hear us talking. <laughs> yeah. Um. If any of you guys have any suggestions for guests, or if you guys want to come on, we're pretty. Yeah, we're pretty open to having some other people in here. Yeah. See what we're doing. Um, and I'm sure it, it'll be refreshing to hear a new voice every Getting once in a while. Bus. Yeah. Um, that's pretty yeah, much it, man. Yeah, and there's some big UFC fights coming up as well, so we can probably just do a little Anthony little Joshua. Stuff about that. Oh, An- I don't know why we didn't talk about that. Anthony Joshua, for anybody that even follows boxing, I'm not sure there's many of you, got totally upsetted by Andy... Anthony Ruiz. Anthony Ruiz. No, Andy Andy Ruiz. I'm trying to pronounce the last name. Ruiz Jr. I mean, he was such an underdog in that fight. Pretty much dominated, other than getting knocked down the one time by Anthony Joshua. After that, after he hit the top of his head, pretty much dominated the rest of the fight. Took it in seven rounds. Massive upset. And they're doing a rematch, I think, in November, December. So, if Anthony Joshua, even his boxing promoter was saying, if he doesn't... If he doesn't uh, win that one, then some stuff's going down. Yeah, well, this he lost was already... Like, what, he lost, like, four belts in one fight. This was, this was already, like, huge for his career. And um, first time fighting in America as well. And uh, the guy... Oh, I saw this photo. It was, like, what he, um, Anthony Joshua looked like in 2012 and what yeah. Ruiz looked yeah. like in 2012. It It was the funniest thing I've seen in my life. It was, like... Joshua was looking jacked. He had yeah. like, belts on. Like, he was probably fighting then yeah. already, right? And um, like he was probably he started fighting when he was like eighteen. Yeah. Um, and then it showed Ruiz, and he was like super overweight, and it was like a an Instagram mirror selfie. Yeah. <laughs> and I honestly, it could have been fake, but it looked just like him. And probably, I mean, like. You've seen the difference between them. Like, Anthony Joshua's just a human rock. I don't know. He's, it's just he's one of those... six foot six giant versus old tubby, tubby fat guy. It just shows, it just shows you, man, it's not always, 
the physique that does it sometimes. The you quicker need the hands in him. Yeah. Countering him every pretty much every pretty much every punch. And that one hit to the head got him. And that was uh and they stopped it. He didn't even get knocked out. It was like they had they stopped the fight at the count. Let me look up a photo of this guy. Like I wonder what this guy actually weighs. Anthony or what is it? Is Anthony... No, no Andy Ruiz Andy. Jr. Ruiz. Yeah, I think I looked it up. I think he's like six foot one, six foot two, and I don't know how much weight in pounds. Well, he's in heavyweight. Yeah, pounds. Um, so he weighs... At Friday's weigh-in, he weighed 268 pounds. And, uh, what, what? He's a big man. Yeah. Like, what's his height? Six I think it's like six foot two. Height, yeah, put in feet, yeah. Yeah, like six foot two. He's a large man. That's, like, insanely so massive. So I not get tired, like. Yeah. Well, how many rounds did it go? Seven. Like, that, that's a long fight, man, to lose. And especially with the type of, uh, amazing, like, figure that Joshua has. Yeah, he's think. in shape, but, uh. Apparently, this apparently Ruiz is used to fighting bigger fighters, so he's just he's used to a guy like Anthony Joshua. But I mean, crazy upset. I couldn't imagine it. But we'll see what happens in November, December if Joshua can come back at it. Yeah. Well, other than that, I mean, we're pretty much done. We don't really have anything else to talk about. We pretty much were done. Like twenty minutes into this, we we covered. The two games pretty quickly, I think. Uh, yeah, a quick little. I feel like it's better for you guys. Anyways, you don't want to be listening to maybe an hour of us talk. So, yeah. quick little ones like this, if you can get them out more often. Um, yeah. So, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your ears. Yeah. And your eyes, because there's going to be a visual component coming soon. Oh. Well. Drop that on your head before this episode is over. So, just um, think about that. I know you're not going to be able to wait until. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. If there's like a game six, in like we do, we could do one. Maybe this series we could try it out. Yeah, I'm we'll open see. to it. I guess you'll have you'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and um, it's gonna be a long summer, man. So we're gonna have to do some stuff to. Yeah, we'll hit you guys with some up. rumors, some trade rumors. We'll probably spice up another little uh, podcast going as well, so you can yeah switch over where we won't talk about sports. We'll be talking more about what's going on in the world. Yeah. A little more fun, a little more relaxed. Not all about sports. Sports can can probably be thrown in there a little bit, but mostly just about the world um, and game, what's going on. Game three prediction right now. What what do you got? I'm gonna say the Raptors are gonna win by three. What's the score? One hundred nine to one hundred six. Okay, yeah, I think they're both gonna score over a hundred. It seems like a uh, pretty no doubt type of thing. I think it's gonna be one fourteen. 111 Warriors. Oh, you're going against us, eh? I I don't want it to be this way, but um yeah, in that building, man, it's just a game changer for sure. All right, so thank you guys very much for listening and uh we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. If you were worried about where I've been and who I saw or what club I went to with the homies, baby, don't worry, you know that you got me, I'm never worried about where.